0: And welcome to our latest Golf Only Better podcast as we look ahead to the Tour Championship, the final week of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and of course the battle to secure that $18 million bonus. Delighted to be joined, as ever, by Dave Tyndall and Matt Cooper to look ahead. Welcome, chaps.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to start by singing the praises of Dave Tyndall, who picked Lucas Glover 66 to 1. Ahead of the FedEx St. Jude. Impressive stuff, Dave. And I know you've been, well, you've you've been celebrating quietly, haven't you, for the last couple of weeks?
1: <laughs> yeah, in my own very <laughs> understated way. Um, yeah, it was nice to get one like that. Um, I think with those things, maybe something I've learned down the years is that don't just think something can't happen when there's so much evidence that it can, because a lot of the people who, who didn't back it were just saying stuff like, well, he can't win two in a row, can he? And that was the end of the argument. But if you looked at the stats and his form and the transformation in his putting, um, his course form, well, he, he could. It's almost like because he'd won the week before, then that negated everything else. So it just seemed odd that he was such a big price based on the fact he's got confidence from a win and all these other reasons why you should back him. So um, I can remember going way back with stuff like this, like when Mark Amaro won the Open at, at Birkdale in ninety eight. well... And I remember thinking, well, he's won the Masters. How can he possibly win two yeah. majors in a year? And yet he'd won, what's that? tournament? he'd, he'd won there, hadn't he, on the on the European Tour um, back in the day? I don't know if you remember it, Matt. He'd won on that course, hadn't he? Uh, uh, yes, I
2: can't. It, it, I
1: can't
2: remember what it was, but yeah, he yeah, I, I won, so that, won yeah. there,
1: and he was in great form. It? And so you start to think, well, you, you've got to stop thinking it. And I probably did the same with Brian Harmon Matt, to be. Yeah. To so Matt's credit, he, he kept with it. I just thought, well, Brian Arman, he's good and I'll back him top 20 and stuff, but he can't win, can he? And then, well, why can't he win? So mm. it's something maybe you have to train yourself.
0: It's quite interesting, isn't it, Matt? We talk about it all the time in uh, in the Sky Sports studio. When someone wins, it's kind of like, can they go back to back? And it, it, it's a hard one because, yes, the, you've got the emotional highs and sometimes it, you know winning takes it out of you it's emotionally, it's mentally draining in a good way, but there's fatigue there, obviously physically too. But why not? When you're in the form of your life, when you're playing great, why can't you just keep going and ride that momentum? As we as we saw with
2: Lucas, yeah, and I, I think there's actually a key a key element to this, which is um, the simple question of one: can they win back to back? That's what that's one issue. But when we're discussing betting, it's. That there are other players who would have won as Lucas Glover did at Sedgefield and then his price would have plummeted mm-hmm. in this case there was like a wide assumption amongst the the bookmakers that he wasn't going to win back to back and so his price actually remained quite high and that was that was where Dave sneaked in and went well come on you you've his, his his chances of winning this week are greater than you're giving him credit for so I'm sure Dave would agree that if if Lucas Glover had rocked up to uh, St Jude and he was 20-1 to one, which might yeah. have happened with other yeah. types of players Dave would have been like, oh, not interested But the mm. fact he remains at the price that was like well yeah, quite clearly Dave's eyes opened up wide and he gobbled it up
0: he did gobble it up in fine fashion uh, guys what about Victor Hovland at the weekend A sensational course record 61 at the BMW Dave what you kind of look at Victor. He's always been a great player, and I sort of look back. You know, when the sort of the big three—you know, the Matt Wolf, Colin Morikawa, and Victor Hovland—kind of broke onto the PJ tour, and they were like the, you know, the the, the three bright young stars yeah. um, on the PJ tour. And obviously, Matt Wolf struggled, and he went to live. Colin Morikawa, obviously a two-time major winner, and probably gone a bit quiet since. We've kind of been waiting for the Victor momentum train to take off, and it has. What? How standout has he been for you the last kind of 18 months and, and what progression has he made when a lot of people spend a lot of time criticising that short game?
1: Yeah, if you just um, base it on that, was it last season? He was, whatever it was, 208th and last in strokes going around the greens and it was pretty obvious um, that was holding him back. And it probably reflected in his major results up to that point. They were all sort of 12th and 13th and he, you know, he couldn't quite, it wasn't sharp enough around the greens to... So getting that top ten, top five, and challenge, but he's definitely taken strides there. He's got such a great temperament, hasn't he? Such a sort of smiley, happy bloke, I and mean, you kind of just think he's having a time of his life. Uh, very popular, um, and he's got the game to prove it. And I, I did. I mean, I think I, back, I backed him for the Open. I was a little bit underwhelmed um, by his performance there, but it's relative now, isn't it? You know, if he comes like top twenty, you think, well, that's not so great, but. I mean, he's won Memorial, now he's won this with a final round 61, uh, incredible round. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have now sort of penciled him in to back him in every major mm. uh, from here on in because he's shown in all of them, hasn't he? Played well at Augusta this year, runner up in the PGA. So it looks a matter of time. I expect him to have a massive Ryder Cup as well. So, yeah, Victor Hovland, a genuine superstar.
0: He is, you're right. He's a really. I think the temperament is. I love you know. He, he just, he's exactly right. He looks like he's having the time of his life. He's playing. He's got a great career playing sport. He loves winning lots of money, picking up trophies. It's all good for Victor Hovland. But Matt, it, it it looks very good from a European perspective, given the form he's in, doesn't it? Now heading into the Ryder Cup.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's well set to sort of. He was given quite a big role two years ago. He played five matches, and I didn't quite work out. But I think. I think with the added confidence of the last two years, he, there's every potential for him to be a big on-course team leader. I was chatting to somebody who works for the PGA Tour, actually, shortly after um PGA Championships, and um, they know Victor quite well and said that when he went close to winning that and Brooks Koepka edged him, um, he was quite a different character um, in the clubhouse afterwards. But apparently, as as we've seen and as we've chatted about, he's quite laid back, quite a smiley character. But after that, he was really quite quite frustrated and it wasn't he wasn't sulking he was just really quite angry that he had the opportunity and i think he, he he got over it very quickly a lot quicker than most normal people would but um but this person said i'm expecting quite big things in this summer because i think he's actually going to put a little bit of, of edge in his play and they they called that very right because he, he went and did that at the memorial tournament um and then the other the other great thing i think that stands out about him is he, he seems to keep the this, this seems to happen with people when they're playing really, really well. Everything suddenly starts being quite simple. So, when he was talking about that 28 on the back nine last week, he was chatting about how he was talking to Roy McElroy as he was going around. And I think somebody said to him, Do you have to get in the zone and just stick in it? And he's like, Not really. And I think he just has this capacity to view, to go up, see the shot, play it, deal with it, and get on and do the next thing. And it's that's weird thing that when you're playing very, very well and in a good run, it seems so simple. He's He's definitely got it at the moment.
0: He really has. I like that as well because they've just it's quite interesting when we look at the psychology. I think we've talked about it with Ricky Fowler before. He seems such a nice guy, but it's interesting. It's interesting there that this year and that loss to Kepka has kind of given him that edge because you kind of want to see a bit of that from him, don't you? He's kind of he's a bit of a smiling assassin, but sometimes you just want to see that, that visible fight a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um yeah, you can get full, can't you, just by the sort of smiles to camera and the little exchanges between his playing partner but you know you don't get to his level without having an absolute steely determination and everything so yeah i think he's got it all i think i think he's got that nice when we talk about temperament yeah i think he's got the the nice sort of mix of sort of happiness and steel underneath so yeah expect big things and um i'm sure we're going to talk about him this week as well
0: we are. So let's move on to this week. First of all, look, I know we touched on this, obviously, with uh, Memphis. That was top 70. Then we went to uh, 50, reduced it to 50 for the BMW. And of course, as ever, we returned to Eastlake uh, for the Tour Championship, the top 30 in that battle to become the FedEx champion. But just, Matt, a little wordy gone on this format. Look, they've, they've tinkered with it. And I know we discussed this a little bit prior to Memphis, but they've tinkered with it over the years. We have got this aggregate handicap system, which means Scotty Scheffler will start the week 10 under, Victor Hovland 8 under, McElroy seven under, John Rahm six under, Lucas Glover five under. I, I kind of think we're getting there with this format, Matt. Do you not agree that we? It's. I know some people still have the reservations and a couple of little niggles about about how it kind of looks for the final week. But do you not think we're getting there? Do you not think that the product is becoming a much better product and really gives us something to to latch onto at the end of the regular season?
2: Well, I, I I feel like in one sense I understand what, what they're doing. It's like in, I think in essence they're saying the man or the men who have who've been but the best throughout the season deserve the best chance of winning this and, and the whole big prize unless something does and uh, somebody does something absolutely spectacular. So I think if you if you put that as as what they're trying attempting to do, that's fine. But if you actually the the sort of subtext of that is that we're helping the the best the best player in the field. And it, there's an end, there's a, a slight bit of me that feels like it's like Man City gets the FA Cup final and then they get to start 2-0 up or, you know, India <laughs> gets the World Cup final. You know, India gets into the World Cup <laughs> <laughs> next next month in, in India. And it, and suddenly there's a rule where they get 12 wickets and everyone else has got 10. it's it, it just feels kind of like a, a bit cockeyed. Um, but that said, I'm not as... I know a lot of people in golf are kind of like a bit grumpy about it. I'm not... I'm not totally grumpy about it, but I'm, i I can see the the sense there. Um I think what we kind of what we kind of dread is if Scottish Jeffler starts 64-64, the, the weekend could be like a really damp squib. Um but I mean I think that's where we, we're quite fortunate that Rory McElroy's won it twice from off the off the pace and kind of given it um Given it probably a little bit more credibility than it might have had if that had not happened. I think when you say that people are getting used to it, that's another thing. The more something hangs around, the more you're going to get used to it a little yeah. bit. So I think there's an element of that.
0: Dave, it, but, I mean, yeah, there, it's an aggregate handicap system, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, two shots can be eroded after a couple of holes. Where where do you sit on it? You, Matt's a little bit grumpy about it. Are you... Are you <laughs> Are you very grumpy about
1: it, or what's your take? No, I, I totally agree with what Matt says. I think it's just a bit odd, isn't it, that you give the best player help in hand? Um, because, yeah, I think I think Rory won from uh, fifth place and tied six. I think he was giving up five shots and then six, maybe when he won it. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of the rest of let's go with the Grand National it's like the the worst horses in the Grand National I've got like <laughs> start eight fences back
2: yeah
1: um so <laughs> it's like where do you go with it
2: yeah
1: because realistically this week there's probably about only six or seven can win so ideally you and probably only like maybe three of those ideally you'd want something where all 30
2: yeah <laughs> whatever
1: I, I don't you see, I wondered how somehow you could get like the, the bottom 15, although that doesn't divide very well, a bottom 16, and have them play off to get for the right to them play in the last bunch somewhere. You know, that would be like, yeah. you know, like American like football where you sort of go through and then the seeds are already through to the next round already. But then you start to deal with, well, um, then what am I talking about, match play? So I don't know. There's, there's got to be something where, where these – sort of the the second half of the field have have got some incentive to... I know the incentive is winning millions of pounds, but in terms of trying to win it, they've kind of got no chance. I mean, how can you give Scotty Scheffler 10 shots and McElroy 7 and Hovland 8? No chance of you starting an even par. I
0: know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's sort of you're rewarding... You're rewarding what happens in the playoffs, Matt. Obviously, well, you've got the regular season into the playoffs, so you're rewarding what's happened. And obviously we are seeing Lucas Glover make that massive move. But, yeah, you you kind of almost want it, you you know, you're taking away that massive volatility, aren't you, for this final week to say anyone can win it because they can't.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's I, I kind of understand what they want to do because it, it kind of makes sense to reward the the best people. I, I almost think they should be really bold and just, like, say it's the top five that go yeah. here. And just almost, almost like go back to the, to the origins of the sport, because that was it was a it was like a big thing that you know the top the top two players in the sport you know like old Tom Morris would would take on Willie Park Senior or whatever, and they play off over sort of like ridiculous number of holes. I mean, I'm not I'm not suggesting that they sort of traped around America for three weeks and and sort of played an enormous playoff, but um, but just just be bold enough to say you know four five golfers that have finished at the top fight it out, and because if you do that, you don't have to add all the starting strokes. And I, I think it, to some extent, I mean, it, I've sometimes I've not been that impressed by the by the match. But I think the this attempt to have like Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods, it, it could create that kind of that vibe. And it actually would matter if it was, you know, especially this year, you'd have a, what a, what a quartet. I'd actually quite enjoy to see that quartet go head to head for 72 holes.
0: Definitely. I, look, I think the PJ Tour Bods need to get you and Dave round a table, given that Matt was instrumental in, in devising Liv. And uh, <laughs> all the team names get you two around a table to work out the Felix Cup format going forward. I think that's a winner. Um,
1: like, so- in, like the, in the in like the say English football, you often get this thing where the team that's finished third um, might have got twenty five more points than the team that's finished six, um, but it still gives the team that finished six that hope that if they just play well, it's almost like. The PGA Tour are so keen to reward what's happened so far. Yeah. They've overdone it. I just, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yes, we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll ring the PGA Tour after this. Yeah. yeah.
0: After this podcast and get you around there. So, let's have a look at the betting then. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler is the man to beat. Has that two-shot advantage. Matt, talk us through that at the top of the market. Because, obviously, we're, we're looking at this year and we're looking at Scotty Scheffler. We're looking at Rory McElroy, We're looking at John Rahm as a standout three players. How do the odds look at the top of the market in favour of those big three?
2: Yeah, so we've got we've got um, Scotty Sheffler at the top, um, and quite understandably uh, he's six to four. Um, a, a couple of stats about him actually: so he's played twenty-one stroke play events this year, um, and, and he's finished within six shots of the lead fifteen times, and within three shots of the lead nine times. That that kind of gives you. And, and bear in mind that he's got this, this two shot lead over over the field. Then you've got Rory McElroy at seven to two, Victor Hovland five to one, John Rahm fifteen to two. It's it's a fifth odds five places. Um, the general feeling seems to be that 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 quartet have got the strongest the strongest options because they they're they're ahead of the field already. I I kind of like to view it as it's effectively we've got an in running market already at the start of the week. That that's kind of how I I. I Try to to look at it, um, and that, that I think is I think the one thing that a lot of people will think about is that Scotty Scheffler was in quite a strong position last year and had a very poor final round. Um, he started the week leading, leading the tournament again. So there might be a few a few sort of um, uh, bad vibes for Scotty Scheffler, and also the fact that he got caught by charging uh, Victor Hovland last week. Um, the flip side of that is remember um, Rory McElroy won here. Um, the first time that this format was used and he came off the back of two memories of of not doing well. He got he got beaten by Brooks Koepka at the St. Jude and he'd also got these terrible memories of how he didn't really perform very well against Tiger Woods in this tournament in 2018 and he used that as like motivation to do well. So I, it's, it's plausible that Scotty Sheffield could do the same thing. My gut instinct with Scotty Sheffield would be that I think he's been quite calm about his putting yeah. for a long, long time and I thought he did look a little bit crestfallen in the final round last week uh, so there might be a bit of an impact there i i i'm i and i suspect dave from what he said earlier probably just favors the two men that are on his shoulder and they're going to try and um uh, haul him down what do you reckon dave
1: yeah i'm very much Victor hovland this week um i just think uh he's the hot hand if you look at the history of the playoffs you get uh, quite a few dual back-to-back winners. I know uh, Lupus Glovers was kind of the last event of the regular season and the first event, but maybe it's just this time of year. Lots of, you know, the majors are done. People are kind of a bit fatigued or, or winding down a bit. So if you're hot, you stay hot. Uh, I can remember going back, I think Vijay won a couple in a row. Maybe Stenson gas even did. Rory's done it. Uh, Billy Horschel. Uh, so I think Hovland... Um, all I wanted to do with him was check that he's played the course quite well before. He, he was fourth, and um, in the middle of his three visits, um, the last two years here, he's ended with a 65. So he's got good sort of walking off the course vibes. Um, but yeah, so I, I think Scheffler, um, I think last week might have just caused a little bit of damage to him, sort of mentally. I know he's very mentally strong, but even he, I think, is starting to get worn down a bit by by the putter, and then I think. I don't know, you you can see why Rory is second favourite, even though he's three back and Hovland is only two back, um, because there's a feeling that this is his sort of playground. But um, I don't know, I don't know if it's quite... I think he's turned it on a couple of times here. I don't think he can just turn up and go to the well every year here and just do the same. So yeah, I like Hovland. Hovland, I mean, he's the price. And because of Rory's record here, uh, Rory's a little bit shorter, but Hovland at five to one, you could even go to the enhanced win only market and Hovland's 11 to two in that, I think which is fair. And Ram Ram was 31st last week out of 50. So maybe he's just, you know, he is one of those ones on wind down. So yeah, pretty clear to me, Hovland, I'm really quite keen on him.
2: In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's Safer Gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important halftime break. Or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18plusbegamblerware.org. Yeah,
0: and as obviously what we said back-to-back earlier, at the top of the podcast, kind of all potentially could be falling into place. And obviously, like you said, the hot hand right now, for Scheffler though, at, at ten under, I mean, do you, Matt, is there is there not a feeling or a little sense from you that, given how well his ball striking has been, T to green, it just needs to have a decent week, doesn't he, to land a title? Yeah.
2: A decent I, week, I,
0: sorry, I, decent week on the greens. I mean, It just needs, it just needs, it just needs a pretty average, just a decent performance on the greens to to, to get the job done. Yeah, but it's
2: it's it's. I mean. It, we we know ourselves when we play a bit of golf ourselves, just how frustrating it is. If um, there was a, there was a there was a point in my life where I, I was quite a good chipper and I'd, every chip I'd, I'd knock close, and then I'd miss the putt. And I came to a point where I was like, "Well, I might as well just knock it to twenty feet and two putt from there." It was like there, was, there seemed to be no no sort of incentive for me to chip well. And like the, I mean, he's on a completely different scale because even he, I mean, he, he's playing sensational golf and then just not getting rewarded for it. And I think for a long long time. Dave's discussed it as well that he's he, he had this quite good strong mind just saying well look, I think I'm putting quite well I'm just not getting the results and everything's gonna turn out and he was sticking with his putter, and we we viewed it as a good thing and I I kind of still do view it as a good thing but we hadn't seen any sort of like like physical um demonstrations of frustration and, and right. I, I, I almost like feel that's kind of changed the way that viewing how he's going but I mean the flip side of all that is, is I think you don't get to be world number one and as superb as, as he is without having the capacity actually to turn things around really really quickly so that that would be a bit of a, a warning sign for me but I mean it, also when we're talking about betting I think given given what we've seen I think he is he is a man that those behind him can actually chase down and feel that he's, he's on the greens he's not he's not quite the, the threat that he might be. I might as well just add, as well, by the way, that um, I kind—I almost agree with Dave on Victor. But I, I would probably just edge Rory, and it—and it was partly because I was persuaded by the fact that there's an odds boost to four to one for Rory's uh, chances, and that kind of um, pushed me over the edge in thinking that if—if if there's anybody that's going to chase him, I also just think that this Rory really didn't like this format when it first came out. I remember, and then actually, I think he's probably found that he quite likes this idea of chasing. I remember yeah. well, years ago I went, to, I went to Australia in 94, 95 to watch the Ashes and they had this very strange race around on the outside of the Oval every lunchtime. And they just asked people how good they were at running and then they sort of like placed them around the, around the ground. And every state they'd go to, there'd be like the state champion sprinter and he'd be in it. And he, he had like some bloke from the crowd, sort of 150 yards ahead, and that, and it was actually quite incredible how the handicapping did work quite well. And I I just get this feeling that Rory McIlroy quite almost like visualizes a similar sort of thing, and he is chasing somebody down, um, and and quite likes quite likes the the notion that he's doing it from the start of the week. So and I, I was I was persuaded by that addition, that that boost to four to one with Rory. It's yeah, I agree. With-
0: agree. Yeah, yeah. Like him, like him as part of that chasing pack. And I think you know he's got a target in Scotty Scheffler, and and obviously we saw we've seen him before. Really, men, Dave. Yet yeah, carry on.
1: Yeah, just with Scheffler. I mean, how many weeks in a row have have we been saying? But oh, if he only has a good yeah. putting week, and <laughs> I follow. I followed him around at Hoylake for uh, nine holes, and it kind of drove me a bit mad. And it was kind of, just to see it in person. Um, and some of the puts were just you know, woefully bad. It wasn't like he was just shaving the edges. They were just sort of coming up way short or never looked online. So um, I think he could do with a bit of a reset maybe uh, over the, uh, the next few months. Well, he's got the Ryder Cup, obviously. But, but yeah, I just think it's sort of catching up with him. And the fact that he still did a lot of good things. What did he shoot? at 66. He got a bit chippy, didn't he, with, with one of the media who, who – who sort of mentioned that he'd not got it done, and he said, well, I shot 66, and what are you, what am I supposed to do? So just just a little element of he was losing his cool slightly. I mean, he's a very yeah. cool chap, isn't he? But just a little element that some buttons were being pressed. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I think he's vulnerable um, this week. And last week, it's such a sort of recent reminder that, oh, uh, not again, this a thing. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. yeah, someone can get to him.
0: We just need that Potter to, we don't need that Potter to warm up (laughs) with the Ryder Cup just around the corner. That's for sure. Uh, Guys, what about when we're looking a little bit further down, you know, how how far do we go back? You know, Glover at five under five back. Just get Max Homer four under par. Realistically, where do you you think, are we looking at those top four? Scheffler, Hovland, McIlroy, Rahm for the winner of the FedEx Cup. Well,
2: I'll go first. I, I think it's a tough ask, and I think in terms of betting on it, um, I definitely prefer looking at uh, an alternate market, which is the the low, low seventy two holes, um, and I think that allows for somebody to to go really really low throughout the week, um, and actually get rewarded um, for that in in their scoring rather than than the than what they're actually doing on the on their starting strokes. And in that regard, I I really quite like Tom Kim, who I think he's been playing great golf recently. Sixth at the Scottish, second at the Open. We all know that he sort of he played that with a with a, a sort of dodgy foot. So I'm not quite sure how serious it was. I mean, there was talk at one point that he'd like broken his foot and he was he's been hauled off the off the off the ground, you know, piggybacked off the off the course and stuff. Um, but was, came back and was second and halfway at the St Jude. Finished twenty fourth there. Was tenth last week. Shot sixty six, sixty three. I think only. Um, only Victor Hovland bettered him over the weekend last week. Uh, and the thing I really like about him is, is that this is a Donald Ross track here at East Eastlake. He's finished seventh at uh, Detroit and first at Sedgefield. So he likes those designs. And also he's just, I think it's the sort of course where hitting fairways, which he's quite good at, is, is like a real, is a real bonus. I think you hit eight out of 10 fairways from the greens statistically here, whereas you only hit half of them from the rough. So I think it, that should play into his hands. And, uh, yeah, there's been a bit of a run on him this week. He did start off at 30, 35 to one, but he's now twenty-eight to one. I still think that's that's decent each way value. Very
0: decent. And Dave, what about you for the low seventy-two? What who's caught you? Who's caught your eye? What are you thinking in that regard?
1: Yeah, so I want a form player. So Russell Henley's the one for me. Um, he's been great, hasn't he? The last uh, few weeks, he was uh, runner-up at the Wyndham, which is a good um, tournament to correlate this one with because it's Donald Ross track again, Sedgefield. Uh, and then six and eighth the last uh, two weeks, and then the eighth uh, last week he shot a final around sixty three. I know Hov- Hovland sixty one obviously got all the attention and quite right, but Henley sixty three was pretty special as well. Uh, so he's he comes here in great form, and I think he's he's so thrilled to be here because he's not uh, qualified for this since two thousand and seventeen. Uh, so he's got that you know added excitement. And when he did play it in two thousand and seventeen, he was third. So we've got Courtham as well. Um, I like his stats, I like his numbers. So he's 30 to one in the lowest 72 whole score. I just wonder as well, um, if you can back him at 80 to one in the outright thing. I don't think he can overhaul everybody, but I think he could run into a place, maybe just nick fifth, and then you've got you know those big each way odds at, at 80s. Because I, I had a little look. So we've had this format of, of bonus strokes or whatever you want to call it, added strokes. For four years and in each of the four years you've had a player who started at minus two who's, who's nicked a place yeah so someone has got hot and come from the pack um henley starts on minus three uh so i think he's the one who can yeah not overhaul everyone at the top but just maybe grab fourth or fifth and then you've got that big each way element paying out at 80 to one but definitely as well in the lowest strokes market because um, i think he's playing Almost as well as anybody.
0: Yeah, Matt, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you're looking at those guys, Henley, Fleetwood's three under, Fleetwood's playing great. Potentially, as, as Dave said, unlikely to, to overhaul uh, the top guys and make up all that ground, but could easily nick a place.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I quite like Taylor Moore this week. He's He's got a really, really strong record on Donald uh, Ross' courses. He's, he's got a top 10 on the Cornfree Tour. Um, finished sixth, fifth, fourth, and twenty second on the PGA Tour. On them, uh, he was seventy second in the PGA Championship this year, um, which was another one. And then he was fifth in Southwind a couple of starts ago. Um, but it, uh, this is this is a classic example. I looked at him, and he's like, he's a huge price, but he's a long, long way back. Um, so I was like, I was like, I, I want to support him in some way. In the end, I've, I've decided to. Uh, he's evens in his first round um, two ball against Nick Taylor. Who, um, nine of his twelve starts, uh, Don Ross haven't been better than tied fiftieth. So um, hopefully, I've spotted somebody who's somebody who's who's got a good chance this week, but um, might be stymied by the starting strokes. So hopefully, evens in round one in that in that uh, two ball is the way to get him.
1: I've got Fantastic. one. I've got one more outright uh, to look at. Sung Jm. Um, he's in great form as well. He's come sixth and seventh the last two weeks. Those playoff events. He was runner-up here last year, which was obviously very impressive. And then I think two years before that, on his second second appearance, he was the halfway leader, so he really likes it. The other little angle is he lives in Atlanta. You remember he used to play like every tournament and just find a a rubbish hotel to stay in. Um, (laughs) Now he's made his um, base in Atlanta. He said Atlanta's such a massive hub, isn't he? I think he can get directly back to Seoul uh, from there. And he said the Korean food is really good in Duluth, where he's based. So um, it certainly worked for him last year when he was second. So hopefully those sort of slightly surprise home comforts that maybe not everyone's aware of might help him as well. But everything else looks good as well. He's got the form. Uh, he's These are Bermuda greens this week. You know, he's won the Honda Classic on those. Um, his Tita green plays good. So yeah, so he's 28-1 to 1 in the 72-hole low strokes. He's another that could just nick a place fifth he starts at minus two, I think. So he's yeah. 110, he's 110 to one. It's a massive each-way pass. But if, if he's the hot player this week, then fifth is attainable.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff. J- guys, just in summary, just to wrap up, uh, names for you and odds uh, as we're looking at for this week's Tour Championship. Just a reminder for our listeners. Uh, Matt, back to you.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm edging Roy McElroy in the outright. Uh, Tom Kim, low 72 hole score. And then Taylor Moore, Against Nick Taylor in round one, fantastic,
0: Dave.
1: Yeah, on I'll the Victor for, train. Yeah, I go for Victor uh, Hovland to win the whole thing, and then um I'll also back Russell Henley and sung Im at 30s and 28s respectively in, for low 72 hole, and just have a little dabble as well on both of them uh in the full outright market. Henley's 80 to one each way uh JM 110 to one each way. So hopefully one of those can run into a place, but certainly back them in the low seventy two whole market
0: fantastic great stuff as always dave and matt thank you very much just a reminder betfair paying uh five places uh, for this week's tour championship uh the battle for the fedex cup scotty scheffler starting uh with that 10 under par total victor Hobland, eight under rory McElroy, seven under remember he's going for his fourth uh, fedex cup victory in his career should be a great week at east lake the tour championship uh thanks for listening uh, do remember to gamble responsibly uh, that is all for this edition of golf only better we'll see you soon